Greetings, and welcome to the newest installment of The Voice Speaks. I am Olufemi Nathan Oshako, Executive Director of Eternal Crown Ministries and host of this podcast. In keeping with the study of David's life, let's pick back up in 1 Samuel chapter 26. And this will be the last time that we discuss this specific scripture. And the main thought for this one is the company that you keep. When David was going into the camp of Saul, who had his 3,000 best fighting men all surrounding him, and his general, his main man, his number one guy, Abner at his side. David, after scouting things out, decided to go in and go in in what seemingly looked like a suicide mission because it was just himself and one other person. Two people could have gone. He opened it up, but only Abishai said, I'll go. This scripture is the first time that we hear of Abishai. In doing further research and as we go further into David's life, we find that Abishai was a military leader for David. He went down in history as a mighty warrior under David, even saving his life in the last battle that David was allowed to fight due to the decline in his skill from aging. Abishai was a fighter and he came from fighters. His two brothers were also fighters, Joab and Ahashiel. But he was the chief of them all. He was the son of Zariah. At one specific battle, Abishai killed over, well not over, but he killed 300 men with a spear in one battle. Not only does he have all of these wonderful accolades to his credit, Zariah is David's sister, which means he's David's nephew, he's family. Something that's very important about when they got to Saul and Abishai asked for permission to kill Saul is that David was not going to be held faultless in things. Why? Because we as leaders are responsible. If you're in a position of leadership, you're responsible for the actions of the people that you lead when they're carrying out your commands. Abishai told David, like, look, let me take him out. I can do it humanely. I'll hit him one time. It'll be done. It'll be over with. We know, again, based on the history that I just shared with you about Abishai, he was deadly with the spear. And that's what he was going to use to take Saul out, Saul's own spear he was using to take him out 
So we know that he could have done it, done it humanely, hit him one time. Saul may not have even awakened. He just would have gone from sleeping naturally to being in eternity. But David would not allow him to strike him. Abishai told David correctly that God had put Saul in his hands that day. And David himself confirmed this when he addressed Saul after they took the things. Just because God will allow you to do something, it doesn't mean that you're supposed to do that. This is why David told Abishai in verse 9, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? God may permit certain things, but is that the best thing to do? Is it in line with what he's instructed you to do? Is it in line with his word? Yes, Saul was in David's hand. God delivered him into David's hand that day, but it wasn't to kill him. It was to spare his life. David understood that he was responsible for the people that he led. But we as people are also responsible when people around us and when we're in the presence of other people doing different things and we don't stop them. Well, how does this happen? I mean, I I didn't do anything. I was just there. Well, people just riding around in cars that may or may not have been stolen. They didn't know it. They get pulled over. They go to jail. If they pull over a car that is legal and there's some illegal activity going on, everyone goes to jail. So just because you didn't do anything per se, being in the presence of of evil and not doing anything to stop it can get you caught up let's look at it from a biblical perspective or I should say look at a biblical example of this Aaron first priest of Israel well let me not say first priest but priest of Israel he did not strike the rock as Moses did but he was also barred from the promised land. Why was he barred from the promised land? Again, he was just there. He didn't do anything. He didn't strike the rock. He wasn't the one that got all mad and, and been out of shape with the Israelites. He was kept from entering the promised land, barred from that because of his inaction. See, Aaron got the word right there when Moses got it God spoke to both of them at the same time so he knew that Moses was supposed to speak to the rock I can't say this for sure but this very well may be the reason why the rock had to be struck twice before anything came one because Moses was being disobedient two to give Aaron the opportunity to say wait a minute Moses that's not what God said to do you're supposed to speak to the rock but because Aaron had this get along spirit and just okay well whatever you all want to do we'll get along you all want a golden idol okay well give me your earrings now I'll make a golden idol for you if that's what you all want to do just 
get along to uh, to get along. No. If God has told you to do something, or if you know that God has given a word to someone, and you just stand back and let people do things, knowing what God has said, and you don't do anything to stop them or remind them of it, you're just as guilty as they are. And in this specific situation, this is an example of not just another friend, but a family member in the thick of things together. Abishai and David fought side by side in battle many times. Aaron and Moses waged war against Pharaoh by allowing God to use them to bring about the plagues upon Egypt. You have to be careful of who you're spending time with. And you must, must take heed and be cautious of what you allow to happen or what you encourage to happen when you're in their presence. So, Selah, pause and think about this. Next week, we're going to look at chapter 27 of 1 Samuel and uh, dig into David's unique relationship with the Philistines. Until then, God bless and keep it together.